0: Welcome to Northwest. It's so good to see you this morning. If you're visiting, welcome. I hope you feel at home. If you're a member, you know the drill. So I like to hear a lot of amens as I'm preaching. So that's good. This is a new month. Thank you, son. The month of Advent. <laughs> and we've just come off of a month of being thankful. And that has prepared our hearts for the month where we give and receive love or we give and receive gifts where we think about the miraculous sign that God said in Isaiah, you know what? This is gonna be a sign to my people. A virgin is gonna give birth. And that is why we celebrate that the miracles are happening all around us. And so today, we're calling it about Christmas time. I, when I think about Christmas, one of the main things I think about is timing. And I know that sounds a little bit strange. But God's timing was so amazing. And the very first thing that that happens when God speaks to our heart and says, It's time. It's time to begin this work. It's time to lay that down. It's time to get in there. One of the first things I might be tempted to say is, It's not time. It's not time. But we're going to talk this morning about how amazing God's timing is. And I want to make sure that I emphasize two things this morning the first one is that for the purpose that God has called you for the purpose he has for your life for your family he is orchestrating the right timing for that to happen we say yes like Mary did to his timing but he does all the background work he does all the legwork he makes the time right when he says it's time that's the first thing I want to emphasize this morning and the second thing is how do I keep from squandering that resource that is limited which is time that resource that is finite which is the time that we have on earth so let's begin with a few thoughts about God and God's timing amen amen Ephesians but when the fullness of time came now that little phrase doesn't just mean time passed and so here we are in this century and that century and it just happened no the fullness of time means that God's behind the scenes actions have come to fruition and now he is saying it's time when that time came God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law. And all, now we're going to switch to our Christmas story. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was born of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. We all know the story there. And while they were there, it, the time came for her to give birth. The time is coming, my sisters and my brothers, that God is calling you to give birth to something. The time is coming for the things that he's placed in your heart to come forth. And it will be in the fullness of time because your first thought is to be, it's not time. The timing's not right. Things aren't ready. Just like Mary and Joseph could have said. The time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. What ministers to my heart is that Mary and Joseph most probably said, it's not time. It's not time. We're not married. Joseph is saying, we haven't consummated the marriage yet. And Mary's thinking, my in-laws are still giving me the stink eye from what story we've told them. It's not time. My baby's gonna be born in occupied territory. It's not the right time. I don't have a home. I don't have a support system in Bethlehem. It's not the right time. But God said the fullness of time had come. And what encourages me about this, this true accounting of history is that God knows things. If I can just go out on a limb here this morning and say that God knows things though we don't know. I know I'm way out on the tippy-toe of the limb but God knows a whole lot of things that he hasn't told me. And he is saying, the fullness of time has come. All Mary and Joseph can see are their circumstances. The things that tell them it can't possibly be time. There's no way it could be time for for this dream to be birthed in my heart, for this business to start, for this relationship to begin. for This dream to be given birth. they can't possibly be time. I look around at the circumstances and I see that in my own strength, it cannot possibly be time. And I think I wanna just spend two minutes, three minutes, and tell you the miraculous, miracle-working power of God that Mary did not see, Joseph did not see, but enabled God to say, it's time. I think about this historical fact of Mary and Joseph going to, to, to have their uh, the census taken and, and of all the time that it could have happened the Jews had been dispersed all throughout the Roman Empire the Romans their Empire was massive and sprawling and they had subjugated many peoples many nationalities many religions and they were all in this Roman Empire and the Romans Government said, there's only one thing that we are going to impose because we're we're everywhere. The only thing we're going to impose is, you must swear allegiance and say, Caesar is God. Well, of course, the Jewish people are not going to say, Caesar is God. And up until a few years before Jesus was born, the Jewish people were intimidated and brutalized, and harassed. And they still said, we are not going to swear allegiance to Caesar. So finally, right before Jesus is ready to be born, the government said, okay, okay. Everyone else has to say and swear allegiance to Caesar, but not the Jewish people. We're going to give them a pass. God is orchestrating what he is decreeing. God is working out what he has decreed. To happen, And he will do the same for us. There are so many things that happened in history that prepared the way for Jesus to be born. Up until 70 years after Jesus was crucified and died, the Romans could not tell the difference between Judaism and... Christianity. They thought it was one and the same. So, as Christians came on the scene, they also did not have to swear allegiance to Caesar because we know they wouldn't have either. So, God is preparing all of these things. The known language for the first time since the Tower of Babel was one. Everyone spoke Greek because of Alexander the Great. God is orchestrating all these things because his purpose will be fulfilled. I think that we sometimes forget I forget that what God has called me to do that same power when God says to me crystal it's time it's time to change it's time to accept it's time to move forward it's time to stay still and plant it's time to advance it's time I forget that that miracle working power is behind the scenes working to bring forth his purpose for what he's called me to do. Amen? It's the same for you. When he speaks a dream to your heart, when he says it's time, it's time, he orchestrates the backstory. We just have to walk in obedience. Amen. Christmas reminds us that our time is a gift from God. Now we're gonna use a scripture that everyone is familiar with. There was a famous song years ago about it. There is an appropriate time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth. A time to die. Time to plant. Time to uproot that which is planted, so we know the story. We're very familiar with the verse. And it goes on to say, and he has made everything. Some verse says beautiful, some translations we're familiar with that. This one says he has made everything appropriate in its time. He has established some things in your life that he wants you to do. And he's saying, It's time. Don't be afraid. It's time. I'm going to make it appropriate. I'm going to do what only I can do. He puts the pillars of history in place. And he said, now it's time for you to be born. Born to these parents. Born at this time in history. At this time in the culture. You are part of an ongoing story. The story of God. We, we, we forget, when we're young, we forget and we think that the story is about us. We do, up until we're 18, 19, 20, 25. Hopefully you're not married to someone who still thinks the story is about them. But there comes a time in our life that we realize the story isn't about us. We're part of a continuity in the story of God. It's Him from everlasting to everlasting. Everlasting. It's not about us and our purpose and our joy. And our only hope for finding meaning to our life is to find out what God has said to us. This is your part in my story. This is your part in my story. That's what history is. It is the story of God. We have a part to play. We have a purpose in his story if we have the faith to take hold of it. So knowing that we have a purpose, knowing we have a part in his story, knowing that he will provide all that we need, he'll do all the miracles that we need to bring his story forth in our life. The most important thing that we need to do is watch our time. What do we do with that finite thing that there's so little of? When you're young, when I'm teaching this to the third service, there's very little concept of time and eternity. There's the immediate, there's the needs right now, the wants right now, the desires right now. But as we grow, as we mature, we realize that time is the precious resource and we don't want to waste it. We don't want to squander that gift from God. So I'm going to talk about three things that we do to use wisely. Remember, the scripture says, teach us to number our days so that we can present to you a heart of wisdom. I'm going to go over three things. Now, most of you could teach these three things. I'm not going to tell you anything that you've thought, gee, I've never heard that before. I've never thought of that before. That's never been made known to me. But what I am gonna do is I'm gonna emphasize the fact that if we don't recognize, we don't take note, we don't pay heed, we will most assuredly squander that resource that is limited for us. The first thing is, there is cumulative, and we all remember what cumulative means, it just means it grows and grows and grows value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time now the most obvious way we can see how this works is ladies what do we do the first of every year come on just say it exercise we make those goals Uh, this year i commit i'm going to spend this much time Every day, because my goal is I don't want to have to suck in my stomach everywhere I go. We know that. And this is for guys too, but they're not always as open about it. And women understand we got a thing, we got a, okay. There are certain activities, and I'm not going to tell you what your things are. You know or should be asking God, what is the purpose you have created me for? What is the purpose my family exists for that's part of your story, God? Because Mary and Joseph, they could have said no, and we would never hear about them in history again. Our our glory is in attaching ourselves to God's story, finding out where he wants us in his story and attaching ourselves to that and investing our time in that. So you have to figure out for yourself, for your, for your marriage, and for your family, what are the things that we are determining as a family, as a couple, as a person that are so important, the most important thing for our family, for our marriage, and you have to determine, I'm going to invest small amounts of time on a regular basis, because when I do that, The payoff is huge. I sound like that commercial. (laughs) It's huge. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, didn't mean to sound like that. All right. Small amounts of time in school. I remember one of the things that my father told me about school because he was a big education fan participant he told me at the beginning of each semester crystal this was in college obviously not in high school but would have worked then. he said get your books and read through the entire book before the semester ever begins if you'll do that you'll see how much easier your studies will be how much more familiar you'll be ready to receive what the teacher says and he was right he was right 20 minutes a day Five minutes, uh, five days a week. What is important to you? What has God said? This, I want your family to stand on the wall and fulfill this. What if you neglect? What things are you neglecting? God has called you to. We know there's value in little bits of time regularly spent. Those of you that want to write, that want to have a blog, we we'll have books, writing 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. Something that's regular, practicing a skill. But we ignore this principle that everybody knows. None of you, this is no surprise, but we ignore it for two reasons. There isn't any immediate benefit to one time. Practicing the piano one time, one time means nothing. Exercising, going out there and running around the block <sighs> I need to. I need to. There's no benefit to that. You might even have a coronary, depending on your age and your health. There's no benefit to that, and we see no benefit, so we think, well, maybe there's no. The other reason we ignore it: there isn't any immediate consequence if we don't do it. But yet we know. We've said this is important. This is important to my marriage. This is important to my family. But we neglect what we know we should be doing, and we squander that resource, that precious thing called time. Just let it sink in. How many times have we said, I'm not going to do it today. But you told me you wanted to. I know, but tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Neglect is cumulative as well. Neglect. We see this a lot in your parents. You see the effect, whether good or bad. But Right now we're using neglect as a bad example. We see that when our parents and their health, years of neglect, certain things. Years of neglect of not saving. Years of neglect for investing. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, I have not neglected because we don't see it in ourselves, but we can see it in our parents, because that epitomizes years, decades of neglect. Or, of course, it also compounds into good things. But we don't see, oh, just this one time. It's not going to hurt if I do it this one time. It's not going to hurt. I don't see what ma- it matters if I don't get up and do this one thing that I've said is important to me. There's a reason we neglect. And it's called procrastination. Procrast- Is anybody familiar with this word? Anybody ever heard of this word before? Anybody know what this word means? Okay. We don't have to get a sticky note and put it on my, our refrigerator and go, Today, I plan to procrastinate. In case I forget, I need to remind myself that I, I want to procrastinate today. We don't have to do that because that procrastination, putting it off, neglecting, I'll get it to it tomorrow, that really is part of our sin nature, that part of our nature that rebels against the best that God has for us. Procrastination. I've never, you know, you're not supposed to say never always when you're talking, but honestly, I have never a person come to me and say you know my my husband and I we we were having problems in our our finances and and we were having problems in our our sexual relations we're just we're we're not we're not able to connect and, and we're starting to really have problems and what we decided to do was we were just gonna neglect it we're just gonna ignore it we're gonna act like it doesn't even exist and we're just gonna put off addressing these things that we're starting to see, now that we've been married, we're just gonna ignore it. And you know what? 10 years down the road, we're so glad we did because it's, we're, we're happier than we've ever been. Procrastination and neglect is never part of a success story. It's just not. You hear people give their, their stories and, and tell these things on TED Talk and all these different things where people are successful or people have a story to tell. Procrastination and neglect to the things that we have deemed are important is not going to be part of that story. It's not. But we miss it once, we miss it twice. Well, you know, I don't see any big deal. I didn't die of a heart attack and I didn't blow up with 50 pounds and I didn't. He's not divorcing me and we can just live like this. I love what John Maxwell said, who here does not love John Maxwell? My goodness, the grandfather in the faith. But he has a great example here. The wrong decision at the wrong time, and I've done each one of these, so it's good, is a disaster, disastrous. No, we don't need any explanation for that. The wrong decision at the wrong time is disaster. The wrong decision at the right time is a mistake. There's a problem. We need to do something about this problem. Somebody's got to do something. The right thing to do is something needs to be done, but because you don't take the time to think it through, you do the wrong thing, that's a mistake. The right decision at the wrong time. Anyone who's ever led anything, including your family, trying to implement something at the wrong time. An acceptance. I know... um, Sometimes looking back over our married life, there'll be times when I would like have, we'd have vegetable weeks, you know, like you're trying to save money and meat costs more. So you have vegetables and you try to fix vegetables every way you can, or you have ramen noodles or whatever. The right thing is you're trying to tighten your belt, but the wrong time is for your husband after you've had a week or a month of trying to scrimp and save or pinch pennies For the husband to say, honey, we got to tighten our belts. It's, yes, we need to tighten our belts, but the timing was wrong. I've just spent a month trying to save money on, so, the right thing, the wrong time, unacceptance. The right decision, the right time is success. Amen. There's no cumulative value. This is the one that you've probably not heard it said this way, but if you think about what you tell yourself in that moment when it's time to spend your time wisely, there's no cumulative value to the random things we opt for over the things that we have said. This is important to our relationship. This is important to our finances that we come into agreement on this. This is important to my walk with the Lord. We wake up in the morning and we know what we've thought is it's important that I spend the first few moments of my time with the Lord. That's important. I have decided that's important. But if I opt to get my phone, scroll through my Facebook, you look up and an hour's gone. You think, maybe I'll call my friend and let's go to breakfast instead of getting up and doing the thing that you've said. This is important. You come home from work. You know it's important to spend time with your spouse, to take the time to listen. I'm I'm going to devote 20 minutes a day to listening to my husband, not interjecting my thoughts, not giving him my valued opinion, but listen. Man, that's tough, but it's important. I've decided it's important. You didn't say, no, you need to do this. No, I've decided it's important. But if I opt out, if I say, you know what, today I think I'm gonna, if you add all those things up over the course of a year, and you know it's true. For those of you that binge watch Netflix, which I've done it, you know, I'm not trying to say don't do it, I'm just saying, if you're opting out of the important thing that God's called you to do or he's trying to do in your heart, you can't even remember what things you binge watched last year because they're not important. But when we give them importance by placing them in the time that we have said, this is the time I'm gonna to devote to bring forth God's purpose in our family. This is the time I'm gonna to devote to strengthening the relationship I have with my children. I'm gonna devote supper each night this is the time i've decided but when we opt out for that if you add all those things up add all that time up add all those activities up you can't even tell me what you did you can't even tell me what you binge watched because it's not important and you know it's not it's easy to opt out it's easy to procrastinate and our most valuable resource time And God's timing in our own lives is being squandered. There we have it right there. Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to make you stand for a few moments, and then we're going to close. So God, who is infinite, who is outside of time, who created time for the children that he loves, what would he say to us when he knows that our time here? span of 80 years, 70 years, 90 years? What would he say to us, this most valuable resource, to seeing his purpose come to pass? Be very careful then. Be very careful then. How you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity now another other translations say redeeming the time and redeeming the time is an accounting term it's a mathematical term in some place and it means to cash in or to buy in so we say make very be very careful then how you live cashing in your time for something that is of the same value or equal value for your time. So what he tells us is, make very, be very careful that you cash in your time for something that's of value to what you say you want to do because the days are evil. What does that mean, the days are evil? a strange? What he's saying there is the culture that we live in, pulls us toward things that are not honoring to God the culture that we live in pulls us and motivates us to spend our time on things that are not going to fulfill his purpose for your life it's pulling you toward things that will not help you get to the place that God sees you that God has called you to become therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is So, let's wrap it up. Since we know that spending small amounts of time regularly has a huge payoff one day, a payoff that we're going to be so thankful that we did it because we decided this is what we want. This is the vision that we want for our family, for our church for our health, for our studies, for our business, knowing that investing small amounts of time brings a huge payoff, knowing that neglecting and procrastinating and opting out, putting other things in that space is going to make us wake up one day and go, where did the time go? Where did that decade go? Where did that year go? Where did that month go? God is saying, just be careful what you spend your time on, what you invest your time in. Because the natural bent of of ourselves and of society is to pull you towards things that you're gonna wake up one day and go, I don't know where it all went. I have nothing of value to show for my business. For this relationship, for my my relationship with my children So God is saying, I have a purpose for you. This is my story. And I've called you to be a part of my story. And no, we're not all like Mary. We're not called to to carry the chosen one. But he has a purpose for you that's just as real. And his power to orchestrate and and, and to, to organize things so that his purpose can come through. For your life is just as real just as powerful and just as strong amen amen father I thank you for the people of Northwest I thank you that you have placed in each of their hearts a purpose a destiny father we want to be part of your story we want to be a part of what you're doing on the earth because You are the only one big enough for this all to be about. We know it's not about us. So, Father, we're asking that as you say in our life that there is a time for everything, help us to know when it's time to build, help us to know when it's time to tear down, help us to know when it's time to weep over something. And when it's time to dry our tears. Help us to know when the fullness of time is for what you've called us and put in our heart. What you're whispering in our ear. It's time to let go my son. Or it's time to take hold my daughter and don't squander what I've given you. It's time to make war on that habit. And it's time to be at peace with that relationship. Father, you've made all of it beautiful when we understand your timing. So Father, we lay ourselves at your feet. We recognize the sovereignty of the timing for your son for you to say, It's time to become man. We want that sovereign timing in our life. We want the fruit that comes from flowing with your timing for our families, for our children. We want your miracle working, destiny changing, kingdom shaking power at work for us and through us when we say we hear your voice it's time it's time it's time it's time to put away childish things it's time to uproot that habit it's time to plant a seed of righteousness in your family line. We recognize that timing is everything. And we want to hear your voice. And flow in your story, God. Bless, bless, bless this beautiful body. Thank you that we're in a time of giving and receiving love. Thank you that it follows on the heels of thankful, joyful hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. We'll see you soon. God bless you.